love this song so much. It is so good. The music, the message, everything about it is so, so powerful. And I hope you all left feeling empowered after watching this movie. It's about the liberation struggle. It's about those children who took to the streets, fighting, screaming free Nelson Mandela. It's about those unions who put down their tools and demanded freedom. This Obuya. Yes. Yebo. Yes. Yes. This song is from one of the movies I shared with you all earlier this month called Amandla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony, which we're going to talk about today, amongst other things. So welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of How to Transform an African Nation. This is Shola Ajayi, and I am your host, and it is Friday. How are you? How did the month of September treat you? I don't know about you, but for me, it is the end of a crazy month. Um, it's kind of amazing how quickly time goes by as we get older, right? Have you ever thought about that? So we are here for another episode. I'm so happy I got a handful of comments. So let's get down to business. Let's get down to the business of the day, shall we? Um, some of you may know, and some of you may not know, um, but this podcast um, kicked off its first episode on Friday, uh, September 2nd, the first Friday of the month. So we are brand new. It is a new podcast. Uh, so the posting style or the schedule for this podcast is episodes get posted on the first Friday and the last Friday of the month. That's when you'll see episodes. So we get about two episodes a month. Why are we doing that? You may be asking. Let me explain. The reason for posting this way is really to create a space for all of you uh, to have an opportunity to digest the content we are engaging with on this platform. So that means <laughs> that I really want to give you all the opportunity to reflect and share your comments with me, and this will give me time to respond back to you. I always want you to know that you can do that. This space is also your space. So you can trust that you are free to share your thoughts um, about the curated content that is presented to you from month to month and that there will be opportunities to talk and comment about it. This is your, your space. Let's remember that. Um, so you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and on Google Podcasts. Just Google how to transform an African nation and you should be able to find us, hopefully. If you're not able to, then let us know. But definitely subscribe and tell your friends and listen to this together, okay? <laughs> so today we're going to do a deep dive into the first episode. So we are really using today's episode to reflect and answer the burning questions, which were, why? <laughs> why these songs? Why these films? Why these books? And speaking of books, have you heard of Scribd.com? Um, that's S-C-R-I-B-D. I love this app. It is definitely my go-to for books. And there is a community of readers and writers and educators and artists who share resources on this platform. So not only do you get access to books that you can both read and listen to, um, but you'll also find written guides to supplement many of these books. And they also have podcasts. So 
Don't waste time. Check out Scribd.com now. I've experienced so many amazing books on this app from Octavia Butler's book, um, Parable of the Sower, which is such a great book, to this amazing book called um, The Diaries of a Dead African. So powerful. It is so good. It is a short read, and I hope, I hope someday to be able to adapt it into a film. Um, there is an amazing library and selection available, so check it out. So in our first episode, I shared a Pan-African playlist overflowing with amazing musicians of African descent from around the globe. Uh, then I shared two films, a documentary directed by Ava DuVernay called 13th and another documentary called Amanla, A Revolution in Four-Part Harmony, directed by Lee Hirsch. And then I also shared a couple of books with you. They are Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paulo Freire, Stamped from the Beginning by Ibrahim Kendi X, Women's Liberation and the African Freedom Struggle by Thomas Sankara, and uh, The Black Consciousness, A Love Story by Numelo Biko. Okay, so, so let's start off with the playlist. So first of all, there are so many songs I can still add to this playlist. This is a living, breathing playlist. Um, check it out from time to time. I'll even add songs you feel are worthy to be on this playlist. So if you have any musicians that you think should be on this list, please let me know. I've already added some artists based on correspondence I've had with some of you. So thank you for those people that shared. Uh, so first, the general purpose of this playlist is to check out the variance in our sounds, our voices, our styles, our languages across continents. Isn't it amazing to know that people of African descent are really so large in number and can be found on nearly every continent? People of African descent are not limited to Africa or America or certain parts of Europe. Uh, you can find us in Asia, you can find us in South America, Canada, the Caribbean. So I really wanted to highlight the different sounds. We've got musicians from Cuba. Uh, we've got musicians from Montreal and Jamaica. We have musicians from Mali, uh, Lebanon, even the Dominican Republic. And yes, I know, like, you were probably like, why are there so many Nigerians? on this playlist. Yes, there are a lot of Nigerians on this playlist. I am a Nigerian, so I'm heavily influenced. So we have uh, Burner Boy on here. We have Yemi Alade, but we also have uh, Shino Pitas, uh, Sunny Ade, Rex Lawson too. I guess these last uh, three musicians are definitely like childhood musicians, you know, musicians that my parents listened to when I was growing up. So I have to, I have to add them to the list. <laughs> but this music is, as much about the sound as it is about the lyrics and the people on this playlist. So I just wanna quickly highlight some of the artists on this playlist defending <laughs> my selection. Um, so let's talk about Bob. Let's talk about Bob. Almost every song from this Jamaican reggae artist, Bob Marley, was about peace and love, but there were also strong social justice messages on every album. He had like a deep love and respect for Africa and for African people um, living on and off the continent. So just like Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey, uh, Bob Marley understood that there was almost this um, spiritual power among black people. 
if we could only just get in the same spaces, you know, and on the same page. And what's interesting is that most of us are not even on each other's radar. We don't know what another person of African descent experiences in other countries or communities in like Colombia or Madagascar because we're not even, you know, we're not even talking to each other. We don't see each other. I mean, how can we, right? Like, where are the spaces for us to do this, you know? So through his music, through Bob Marley's music, it's almost like he's giving us like this, he's putting his arms around us, like putting, bringing like black and brown people together through his music. I mean, check out, you know, some of the lyrics from one of his songs. This one is called um, One Foundation. I'll read it out to you. So. We also gotta realize we are one people, yeah? Gotta realize that we are one people, yeah? We gotta realize that we are one people. Or there will never be no love at all. There will never, never, never be no love at all. Got to build our love on one foundation. That is a powerful call to action, man. Like, hello. <laughs> Tons of lyrics like this. These messages are such a big part of his music. So all that to say, don't sleep on Bob. <laughs> um, so the next artist I want to highlight is the amazing Miriam Makeba. Um, she was a South African musician. She is also known as Mama Africa, or she was also known as Mama Africa. Uh, she used her music to bring awareness uh, to the oppression placed upon South African people during apartheid. Um, she started back in the 1950s and had to flee South Africa because she was using her local dialects and her music from her tribe um, in protest to this apartheid government. Her music is so beautiful. And what's even better is that people world, worldwide loved her music. They loved her voice, you know, and she was able to shed light on what was happening in her country with the power of her voice. She used her, her music to also teach, you know, if you listen to one of her songs called Pata Pata, uh, there are a few minutes in the songs where she really explains what Pata Pata is for those people that don't know, you know, it's this dance and um, she's a teacher in that moment. Isn't that something like it, it just reaffirms the, the power of this instrument, you know, our voice and how it can affect change. Think about your voice and its power, right? The last artist I want to highlight is Fela Kuti, not only because he was controversial um, and Nigerian, um, but because he successfully used his music to hold up a mirror to Nigerian society. Okay, so check out these lyrics from um, Fela's song, uh, Sorrow, Tears, and Blood. We fear for the air around us. We fear to fight for freedom. We fear to fight for liberty. We fear to fight for justice. We fear to fight for happiness. We always get reason to fear. Man, it is such a reminder that we have to move, right? And so much of his music is almost like a push, you know, we've got to move forward. I know that these artists I've rambled off are old, you know, music is very different now. Though you can still find people who make music to empower, empower the people and protest um, injustice. Um, so this playlist, when you're listening to it all together, is um, a reminder of the power of music.
and how art or, you know, because music is art can obviously uh, be a form of expression, but also a form of protest, a call to action, a reminder to reflect. So um, one of the comments I got in response to the playlist was, I need to be in the right mood for this type of music. And so I say uh, the purpose of this playlist is to be food for your soul. When you're tired, tired of, of what you're seeing in the world, especially towards our demographic of people, uh, the playlist says, I see you, you're beautiful. I feel you, you're strong. We got this, you know, um, let's do this. Um, and also I got you, I got you, all right? So enjoy, you know, spend some time with the lyrics too. There's some good lyrics in these songs. So onto our films, right? Uh, now remember, this content is available to you. So even if you have not had an opportunity to get into everything, you still can, all right? So it's still available to you. Uh, so please check everything out. So I saw 13th back in 2016 and I knew others needed to see it. Um, so I do community-based work in Lagos and we partnered with a group of film enthusiasts um, who organize screenings every month. And we were able to screen 13th for that community and others. Um, it was amazing, it really was. And what stood out to me about the screening is how the audience reacted to the film. Like people were outraged, um, people were crying. And when the film was over, people really expressed that they had no idea. They had not been taught the extent of the history of what African-American people went through and still go through in America, which blew my mind. But it also explains a lot, right? It, it explains the divide and the attitude of a lot of Africans towards African-Americans. You know, as Africans, uh, many believe that African-Americans take on the stance of the victim, um, but I think that this film puts a lot of things into perspective for people of African descent not living in America, especially if we consider the power of media, which is highlighted in the film, and how the film talks about how the media portrays Black people as almost subhuman. You know, and they do this successfully, not only in America, but worldwide. Imagine seeing these negative images of black people constantly and that those images spread to different parts of the West, different parts of Africa, different parts of Asia. Like think about the impact that that can have. So the film recognizes it and shows the viewer that they should be aware of it and focus on rehumanizing black and brown people, you know, and creating images that do that. And that along with like the historical exploration and discussions of its impact made the film even more powerful. I can't remember when I saw Amanla, but I remember how the film made me feel and still makes me feel today, like I still get choked up with so many of the songs, you know, and so many of the clips, you know, them burying kids. And I remember when I first learned about um, South Africa, um, 
it was like through two films, you know, we, we were a blockbuster family, you know, my mom went to blockbuster um, and blockbuster for those of you who don't know, <laughs> blockbuster was a video store before there was Netflix. Uh, so Lethal Weapon 3 um, highlighted some things that were happening in South Africa, but it was really the film or the musical called Serafina uh, that really resonated with me. This movie, this musical, which also has Whoopi Goldberg, we loved her in my house. Um, uh, the movie highlighted how the success of ending apartheid came from the young South Africans in the country. Just like during the civil rights movement in America, um, the reason we have these freedoms is because young people stood up and said no. And the power and the symbol of the fist, you know, and thinking about the difference between the open hand and how finger, how your fingers are like alone and are fragile and vulnerable. But when you bring your fingers and thumb together into a fist, you, your hand becomes so much stronger. That's powerful, right? So like to have that image be the poster, like the image of that film, you know, the symbol for that film is really something. And that young people are the ones that took the lead um, in, in these movements, you know, both in South Africa and in America. Um, and that tends to be the case for most movements. It's always young people. So these films are doing very similar things. They're using found footage, they're doing interviews and graphics, um, and they're using the same examples of how black and brown people are oppressed in the prisons and freedoms being taken away and liberties. And there's the music, right? So we go back to the music and how the music energizes you. It makes you want to get up. You know, we also see with these films that there is a rehumanizing re of us, you know, dignifying us and recognizing our struggle and presenting it to larger audiences, especially audiences that believe there is no longer an issue of race and racism in the world. So we are reaching the last bit of our episode here, and I hope you're getting excited to check out the music, the films and the books again. I will be putting the content in the captions again for you. So please do not hesitate to check it out. Um, but I, I do want to highlight where the films may have failed. You know, yes, it's giving us this information about the history of uh, these movements, right, for freedom uh, in both America and in South Africa. But I think where the films missed out is on this conversation around how, you know, this is the, the really like even the heart of why this podcast got put together, because so many people recognize what's happening, um, especially the black and brown people around the world. Um, but the question is, how do we solve it? How, what do we do about it? You know, and that's where these amazing books come into play. So last but not least, our books. Um, I want to start off with some quotes from each of the books. So we will start with Brazilian educator Paulo Freire's book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And he says, this then is the great humanistic and historical task of the oppressed to liberate themselves and their oppressors as well. Looking at the past must not only be a means of understanding more clearly 
what and who they are so that they can more wisely build the future. Ferrari's message is clear that by ensuring oppressed people are free, all people will be free. And he outlines how we can do that through leadership, uh, community, and education. The next quote is from Ibrahim Kendi X and from Stamp from the Beginning. And he says that, the only thing wrong with black people is that we think something is wrong with black people. No matter what African people did, they were barbaric beasts or brutalized like beasts. If they did not clamor for freedom, then their obedience showed that they were naturally beasts of burden. If they nonviolently resisted enslavement, they were brutalized. If they killed for their freedom, they were barbaric murderers. So, so this book is about history and understanding the root of how we got here and why we are still here uh, with the hopes of using understanding of this history to have a clearer sense of our identity. We have to have um, more conversations about slavery and these conversations have to center around Africa's hand in it, especially if we want to move forward. So then we have uh, Thomas Sankara. So I had not even realized that this man, this, the, uh, the former president of Burkina Faso, who was murdered at the age of 37, he wrote such a powerful book. Listen to this. Imperialism is a system of exploitation that occurs not only in the brutal form of those who come with guns to conquer territory. Imperialism often occurs in more subtle forms a loan, food aid, blackmail. We are fighting the system that allows a handful of men on earth to rule all of humanity. He who feeds you controls you. And he's really pointing his finger at the Western world here. In his book, he highlights the value and importance of empowering black women and African women to really transform a nation. He was a, a huge advocate of agriculture um, and making products at home, you know, so he wasn't big about importing. And then we have uh, Lumelo Biko, who wrote Black Consciousness, A Love Story, uh, which also celebrates the love between his parents, Steve Biko and Manfela Ramfele, who were medical students who founded the Black Conscious Movement in South Africa. Um, so this is what he says. Um, Central to the Black Conscious Movement's leaders' experience of self-love was an aversion to the oppression of any individual South African spirit. The instinct was embedded in them at a young age when each of them answered separately at first the call to fight against apartheid oppression in both its petty and its grand manifestations. They found the courage to start the fight against discrimination in their own communities and at institutions of learning. This enabled them to espouse a moral standard that many South Africans felt compelled to meet. They built up what Malcolm X described as an internal restraint against the learned instinct to submit to white people. 
popularizing this internal restraint is the ultimate legacy of the Black Conscious Movement. Without it, we would be living in a very different country. There is wisdom in all of these quotes. Just imagine the entirety of these books. These books are about solutions. They are seeds that allow our minds to reflect on some ways to move forward collectively. How do we get ourselves on the same page, on the same foundation? So go back, I'm not trying to give you homework, but go back and take a look at these playlists, watch those films, check out these books. You'll start to see there are answers to the questions that many of us have. There's no one solution, right? but a combination of solutions can be pretty powerful. So let's see what ideas are sparked from this content. Uh, next month, we start to explore Pan-Africanism, its meaning and its power and the possibilities it holds for black and brown people. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So you can send a voice note to WhatsApp. Um, our number is plus two three four eight one one five seven zero five two four four or email us at team at urforafrica.com uh that's it for today uh, i hope you enjoyed spending this time with me and reflecting on this content if you have any issues accessing this material or the podcast please feel free to email us at team at urforafrica.com have a wonderful weekend and looking forward to transforming our communities together. Um, I'm Shola Ajayi and this is How to Transform an African Nation. Thanks for listening and catch you in October. Bye.